Good evening and welcome to Slam the Gavel, the show that tells it all regarding family court, other court issues, as well as CPS. I am your host, Marianne Petrie. Bradley's mother, Narcus Golan, passed away three months ago. Bradley is autistic and needs structured routines and therapies he receives for his autism six days a week. However, Italy just entrusted Bradley to the Italian social services. If he has ruled to go back, he will face the next three to four years in the Italian foster care system where he can't speak or understand the language. He will then be taken away from the only family he has ever known. Please call Governor Hochul, New York State, 518. 518- Eight four seven four eight three nine zero. That's five one eight four seven four eight three nine zero. Hashtag Keep Bradley Safe. I have a return guest back on. I'm happy to have Ernest Rodriguez back onto the podcast. He was last on November twelfth of twenty twenty two, season three, episode one fifty one, where we discussed his case as Judge Denise Brown has gone wild in her courtroom, refusing to look at his evidence. And, you know, this has been a very long, ongoing domestic abuse relationship, both physically and emotionally draining from his ex, the mother of his child, as well as Judge Denise Brown herself. So I welcome you back to my podcast, Ernest. How how are you doing and how are you faring? Um, I'm good. Mm -hmm. I'm good. Light always wins and darkness never wins. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, since the last, I guess I'll go f- start off from there. Um, Denise Brown uh, ordered me to pay $15,000 by December or throw me in jail. So I paid the $15,000. Well, it was to pay $15,000, throw me in jail, and pass my hearing till you know you know that game indefinitely or as long as they can and so i paid the fifteen thousand dollars and then the hearing came up and she was on vacation or vacation she Mm -hmm. said so it actually was passed after i'd paid the fifteen thousand dollars and so then we rescheduled for another hearing in her awful court yeah. um, for the 16th of March, which was just last week. Um, she manipulates and lies in her courtroom so she can choose the outcome of how it's going to play out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one, one thing we had, and I'm going to go back and try to get the transcripts of everything in, so I can have that on file, was um, evidence that was put in through the courts, you know, cause you go through, you, it, the, she has her clerks and things like that. And, you know, they'll say if it was received and, you know, confirming through emails, but she says she never got it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we know that's a, just a bold lie. Everything that comes out of her mouth is a lie. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so we had to deal with that or try to, you know, we just, we had to deal with that, uh, you know, and then we try to present our case, which, I mean, you know, we had to go back and here's evidence of my, my, my daughter's living conditions. Well, I don't want to hear that. Okay. Um, well, you know, well, what would you like to talk about judge yeah. since, you know, this is, I guess this, you know, unfortunately this is, your little space of 1200 square feet or so. So what would you like to talk about? Maybe she um, wants to talk about her Instagrams where she's teaching people how to do their nails and hair. Well, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know what. So then, you know, we present as much as we can of our case and she's, she's sitting there and not, not, you know, she already knows what her outcome of what's going to be because she's not going to listen to to our side and she's going to deny any evidence. And so, I mean, it's a it's a waste of time um, because because she's sitting on the bench. Um, so, you know, we present what we had. Nothing, nothing was there was no outcome. It was more of frivolous and um, topics that were surface topics that really didn't mean anything. You know, her, the petitioner side, which is the um, the petitioner side is I'm the respondent and she's the, and they're the petitioner. The other side is the petitioner. And um one thing that struck me is we couldn't bring up evidence or talk about things that happened on a certain date on a certain timeline, but the petitioner could bring up things that came up on a timeline that we were not supposed to talk about. So, you know, it was, it was, um, that's biased. It's all just, it's all bias. It's just, it's the most corrupt. You know, I, I was talking to another person and she's actually, there's a rating system out there. And I don't know how many categories, but she's the lowest rated judge in just about all the categories, which I mean, go figure. Of course, she's uh -huh. going to be the lowest rated judge. Hmm. Um, and it didn't go anywhere. She, I think, um, you know, this was last week, so there's no ruling or anything like that. I came in with the, uh, with, um, modify to change, um, uh, ch child custody to, to more than just what I have now, because the state law says that I have at least minimum shared. Mm-hmm. I have a four bedroom house. My daughter has a bedroom and a playroom and the mother lives in, 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 um, her parents' basement, but she's got sole custody. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's just where it's at. Right. Yeah. And you've been treated uh, horrifically by your ex. Oh. I've seen your evidence. There's concrete evidence of why you should 
have your daughter. And I don't understand. I don't know. Maybe you remind her of some guy that dumped her before prom. I don't know. Oh, what... the judge? Yeah. You oh, know, the judge could, the judge would never be able to date a caliber guy like me. Oh, well, I'm just making a, with, you know, with her looks, with her looks, she, the no, no guy around would ever even come close to looking at her. Right. Well, maybe you remind her of somebody who, who dumped her before prom. And so she, or, or, you know, I don't know. I've heard judges are triggered by people's looks or what they're wearing or, what she's triggered by my she's triggered by my looks for sure because um, in this last court hearing, I was just looking at her because she was talking, mm -hmm. and she said I was glaring at her to quit looking at her, and look the other way, is what she said, and I'm just like wow, how unprofessional of a judge to even say that. I, 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 my response is like, well, what would you like me to look at? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And she told me to look the other way. How childish and immature and unprofessional of a judge. Mm -hmm. And what she's doing, not to only, well, you, but other people, I can't imagine. There's been, yeah, I've, I've, um, kind of dug a little deeper because judge Denise Brown will never be able to beat me. Mm -hmm. And um, there's a lot of people out there that she's done wrong. She's mm -hmm. been biased. She's, she's done the exact same thing to me to, I could not tell you how many other people that she's done this to. Mm -hmm. And we're kind of getting, getting, um, we're kind of opening communications with everybody and I'm listening and hearing to all these stories that are, that are, you know, they're exact same way. It's this, she's got this same pattern where she will not listen to it, will not accept evidence, will not listen. She's already got her mind made up when you, when everyone walks in, who's going to win that, uh, the hearing and who's going to, you know, the outcome of it before anybody walks in. It was so bad that um, my attorney was going to, you know, how you cross-examine. So, you know, I say what I'm going to say and then their their attorney cross-examines or, you know, ask, starts asking me questions. Well, my attorney knew already the outcome that it was just not going to go anywhere. So she's just like, well, I'm just not going to even cross-examine because it it doesn't even matter with this judge. So, oh, I would at least put it on the record. What What do you mean, put it on I the mean, record? Like it, uh, be cross-examined. Say what you want to say and get it on the record. Your attorney might say, "Oh, that's not going to matter because we're going to lose anyway." Well. Get it on the record so when you go to appeal, it's there. I I, mean, I never missed a chance to go on the wit the witless stand. I don't know what else to call it because that's where people go to lie. How, but when you tell the truth, that's when you get screamed at. Yes, 
Yes. The judge would not listen to anything I had to say. Like, and I've been I've been working on this. What's going to happen is she's going to try to. I, I I just have a feeling that she's going to try to stick me with their attorney fees again. Just you know, because she wants. Her thing is to bury you with as much fees as possible so you won't, so you can't do anything, so you won't be able to do anything. I she's, wonder, she's done. Oh, well, I'm sorry, I wonder how much uh, cut she gets out of those fees. Yeah, that's a good question. I wonder how much, because you know she's getting paid on uh, from yeah. it all. It's it's an economy for her. Oh, right. So she's making she's making money off off of all of this off of human suffering, off of human trafficking. Yep. Um, so that's that's where it's at right now. It was, it was supposed to be six hours and I think we went seven hours, but it was just, it was just seven hours of just spinning our wheels because mm -hmm. At the ultimately, we're never going to get anywhere in this individual's courtroom as of now. Mm -hmm. So we're just going to have to figure out how to win in other ways. Mm -hmm. Basically, get her off the bench because she doesn't need to be on the bench anymore. No, no, I think no. Um She's doing great on Instagram with her hair and nails. I think maybe she should stick with that. Yeah. Yeah. She should stick with that. She's, yeah. She's, she's a horrible judge. Mm -hmm. What a shame to have the title of the honorable and be so dishonorable. I, it's exactly what, you know, because when you go in, you have to stand up for as to show respect. And, mm -hmm. you know, I'm thinking of all the, uh, what is it, Colin Kirkpatrick, NFL, where he refused to stand up because to show, you know, his respect for other matters. And I didn't want to stand up because there's no respect mm -hmm. for this type of individual. You can, she has a title called judge. Okay. But I mean, I have zero respect for any individual like that. Mm -hmm. that's going to lie and manipulate and take people's money, steal people's money. Yes. I think it should be looked into as to what her cut is out of that um, money that you paid her, that 15000 Does she get 3000 out of it? Does she get 4000 out of it? She's got to get something out of it, I'm sure, mm -hmm. I would think. People she say does. that. Yeah. And that's very scary. I mean, $15,000 is a lot of money. I, to, I mean, to me, that's a lot of money. Even even if she said 3000 to hand over, that would be a lot of money to me. And to do yep. that, it, you have a family to support as well as your own daughter to worry about and support who's living in a basement. Yep. Well, she was really concerned with um, my income. That's one of the biggest. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Go figure. One of the biggest subjects was my income, 
what type of house do I live in? What, what type of house did I live in here in Louisville? You know, stuff like that. That's what, that's what her most concern was. Not about, her most concern was, you know, her. How much money can she pull out of this person as opposed to my daughter and her living conditions? Because this is, this is a child custody case. So, mm -hmm. you know, let's put the child first, but that's not the case. She put her own interests first, money. And I think that also ties in with the Title IV-D funding. So, you know, cases, high, these high conflict, high conflict cases are really um, high income cases. And since you have a high income and this person's living in a basement, they figure they're going to get this Title IV-D incentive money out of you via... Uh, the enforcement of child support. And on top of that, she's extorting attorney fees. Uh, this is absolutely disgusting. Yep. Well, one of the, um, one of the attorneys is uh, Janice Littner. And definitely a person like Janice Littner, um, who represented the petitioner for the majority of, of the case. Um, and that's who the money went to was Janice Littner, the $15,000. And um, I can, she's, I can tell that she's just as crooked as, Oh yeah. As the judge. Mm -hmm. They're all working in tandem. I've seen it with my own eyes. You yep. know, our, Go ahead. There was, um, and before we got into the um, the hearing, my attorney told me that there was some sort of conference um, that all the judges were invited to about um, it was children, you know how how to how to navigate through child custody and putting the children first, and all the judges, but one judge did not attend and i'll give you one guess on what judge did not attend that uh conference that was about making your courtroom better for child custody yeah uh well she maybe was getting her nails done that day <laughs> no seriously we had a judge and it was called out in the newspaper that she would call off hearings for getting her hair and nails done. She got zapped on that, but they really didn't do anything to her, you know? Yep. Oh. Well, you know, I have a little momentum from news, a news outlet um, and they've, I've had several people email these, these news anchors. And so we'll see what happens. They've, mm -hmm. they said they've started an investigation, but this is, I told them it's going to be like a David and Goliath. And there's going to be some people that are going to want you to stop because it's just, you know, it's kind of like an Aaron Brockovich type of situation. Mm -hmm. Um, 
We'll see. Well, if the, if Erin Brockovich can do it herself, they even went as far as to make a film that also angered people about Erin Brockovich. So they covered that. If they can do that, I'm sure they can handle Judge Denise Brown. Oh, yeah. But, you know, what if it's deeper than Judge Denise Brown? What if there's all kinds of other attorneys involved? And, you know, the saying, um, there's a saying that if you got one bad apple in, inside of a bunch of bad apples, you know, eventually they're all going to rot. Mm-hmm. And there possibly is one other judge that's kind of starting to be like Denise Brown. So. Mm. Yeah, one bad apple spoils a barrel. Yep. And they all cover for each other. Same thing with, um, uh, you know, if you file a JCC, um, Denise Brown knows about it. And she usually shuts it down. And not only does she shut it, try to shut it down and knows about it, she attacks the people that sent the JCC. So. See, that's what the press needs to know about. The press needs to know that um, this underhandedness is going on and destroying lives. You know, that the children's life is being destroyed and you're you're being just i don't say you're being affected as well oh no it's it's affected me it's 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 hurt me more mm -hmm. than you know the petitioner calls the police on me for anything if my daughter so the court says five minute phone call if my daughter doesn't it has a phone call and it's four minutes and 45 seconds she calls the police and she just, she calls the police for anything. And, you know, I'm sorry in this world, if, if, if a woman calls the police, she's, she's a victim no matter what. At the taxpayer's expense. So yeah. if, you're, if your phone call is supposed to be five minutes long and you're staying on with the child for four minutes and 50 seconds, she's calling the police on, that's, that's custodial interference. Well, the court says that she gets a five minute video call. So, you know, she's going to call, uh, she's going to do, have a welfare check, you know, even though she lives in the basement and my daughter has a four bedroom house, she's going to, you know, she's the mother, uh, the petitioner likes to cause chaos. And that's, I'm not going to say the judge doesn't get it or doesn't understand it or doesn't see it. She, cause she refuses Denise refuses to look at it. She lets this go on. And I guess, you know, there was a, there was a, uh, um, a case with Stephanie Russell, I believe. Mm. And I mean, same sort of situation, you know, you get, you get attacked and attacked and attacked and attacked and attacked and attacked and you're backed up in a corner. I mean, what do you, what do you do? Mm -hmm. They, 
this judge puts you in this situation where there's no options. She's, she's power mad with a screw loose, you know, and I'm so tired of judges calling parents crazy when they should uh, maybe get a psych eval themselves. Really should do that before they, um, and they don't do that because they really should have an evaluate of mental health evaluation because they are ultimately responsible for mm -hmm. many people's lives. But Denise Brown likes to endanger people's lives. Mm -hmm. And she loves it. She thrives on it. Yes, she's a sadist. Uh, it's really very troublesome when we're all taught to think that, you know, um, we're going to be protected. You go to the courthouse, the judge is going to be fair, the right thing will be done, justice will be served, and it's just, it's it's not happening. You know, that's one thing I walked into, I, I looked at the front of the courthouse, and there's justice, and then you walk in, and there's another sign that says justice, and there's like five or six signs that say justice, but when you walk into Denise Brown's court, justice is thrown out the door. There is no justice in Denise's court. Now, she makes up the rules as she goes along and she's not following procedure. Oh, no, not at all. And she has become um, more and more haughty as time progresses. She's been, uh, it's more blatant and it's just, there needs to be a stop to it. Right, right. Well, the mighty shall fall. That's what it says in the Bible, which is, I found very odd that when I was in court, you know, they want you to raise your right hand and swear. What are we swearing on? There's no Bible in there. What, <laughs> what, what are we doing? Yep, yep. That's a good point. There's no yeah. Bible in there. And, mm -hmm. and I'm pretty sure that if um, there is no God and Holy Spirit in that courtroom. No, no. That's why I've always said in that court, anger, hate, and darkness thrive in that courtroom. I agree. Well, who goes to work wearing a black Halloween costume. If you think about it, a black robe, it looks like a graduation gown. However, these judges gowns, I've looked it up, they can cost around 400 and some dollars. Oh, wow. Fun fact. But I think the 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 black gown to me represents evil. Yeah. The whole the whole system is corrupt. Yeah. You know, and another another thing I told my attorney, Denise thinks this is a criminal court. <laughs> this is not a criminal court. This is a family court. I'm in this court because I am fighting to protect my daughter. 
I am not a criminal, but um, that's not how she feels. And you're being punished for protecting your daughter. And she is going to, you know, when you said, you know, what if this problem is bigger than Judge Denise Brown? And the only thing I can think of is the Title IV-D incentive and the child support enforcement where, you know, they... um for every dollar you pay in child support, the state takes, and every state's different, but maybe that's it because she sees you as a, a walking ATM and she wants to keep you there for the, the, the money while your child is being neglected or whatever's going on over there which is the reason that she never resolves any issue. It's gotta be the Title IV-D incentive. If yep. someone wants to correct me, please do, but it's all about the money and, but she has to be ethical. She should be ethical, she should be fair. She should be a judge people actually look up to and say, oh, we got the fair judge here, this is great, but She's giving herself such a bad name. She has no integrity. No integrity. I don't know how she was raised, but she has no integrity. Mm -mm. I, I don't know. When I worked in the ER, I remember going into a patient's room, assessing them, and then walking back out to my desk or whatever. And as I walked out, I heard the one patient's family member say, oh, we got the nice nurse. We got the nice one this time. And I wonder, you know, what if, what if she changed her tune and did the right thing, looked at people's evidence, ruled appropriately, and you could actually walk out of there and say, oh, we did well this time. She did the right thing this time. So you mean to say, what if she did her job? <laughs> yes. Yep. She doesn't. She doesn't do her job. No. no. Like I said, the, the first podcast, she's just there to pick up a check to mm -hmm. make money at everyone's expense. Yeah, it, that's disturbing. Uh, to Because when you think about choosing careers, Say, for instance, we'll, we'll, we'll just say nurses. Nurses go into it because they like to take care of people and they're nurturers and that's what, and they're empaths and that's just how they are. But when these attorneys turn into judges, they become a completely different animal. Well, I talked to another judge that is in that circuit and he was like, that's the best. $250. I think that's what, what it would what it cost to, to try to, to apply to become a judge. He's like, that's the best $250 she's ever spent um, because she got elected and then she was a judge. Um, but I don't, I think it was a lottery type of ticket for her because I don't think she had even planned in her career to be a judge. She just saw an opening and there was an opening and mm -hmm. 
I don't think anybody ran against her the very first time. Mm-hmm. And she just fell right into it. And unfortunately, oh. she's ruined many people's lives because she doesn't do her job. Mm-hmm. That's pathetic. Pathetic what she's done to people. And, yep. you know, these people that, you know, you're, you're the respondent. Everyone's got to start writing complaint letters along with the complaint form that you were telling me about that has to go into the uh, judicial complaints. But it's got to be an affidavit of their behaviors. You can be upset with their rulings. Somehow that's okay. But you have got to document their behaviors, like her telling you to look the other way. Well, you know, <laughs> well, stand in the corner. Um, okay. Yeah, pretty much. See, and that has to be documented. That's like inexcusable. That's unethical. And say you you file your complaint and you do your affidavit on their behaviors. And that comes back, you get a namby-pamby letter saying, well, it's not unethical enough. Then you can make a phone call, call them up and say, I'm really not happy with this letter. What else can I do? And what I, what I would tell you to do is fill out another affidavit, be more detailed in your complaint of her behaviors. Like, did, did she just you know give you a look? Like, you know, something just really... Uh, triggering something, whatever, you know, write it, write it down, be more definitive and submit it again with the affidavit and another complaint. Okay. So the JCC has six individuals who look over it. Do they, I guess out of the six, or maybe, maybe three or four of them, I think four are judges or maybe three are judges one's an attorney and two are just people that live in kentucky hmm. i've looked them all up found out everything about them no um you know so i haven't done anything with it but i know them all now mm-hmm. well i think the ones that reside in kentucky and maybe they've never seen the inside of a courtroom or how she behaves i'm curious if they're just laymen or yeah i don't i would like to know a little more about those six individuals when you file a jcc do they all six get together and i mean somehow denise finds out that you filed a jcc do they say hey look this is a JCC against you. Well, none of them. Yeah. I mean, they all find out about it. I filed a complaint to the AOPC on one of my judges and he found out like two days later. (laughs) Um, But that's, I I didn't, I didn't care. I thought he deserved it. Um, But (sighs) this is how we have to keep people in check. If, if your nurse did not give you the right pain medication or the or not the right dosage, you know, 
another nurse would have to report that and turn that in. So are these people all intertwined? They all know each other. I'm really getting tired of this. I know. Yeah. That's, yeah, this, a, that's a question I had. Are they, are they all friends? Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't see how they could be friends with Denise. <laughs> right. But Right. And that's, that's just it. Uh, unless she's paying people off. That's yep. another question. Um, I, that's a sticky subject to know where the migration of, um, what do you corruption is at where mm -hmm. so well you know all this sludge seems to surface at some point look at look at what happened to alec murdaugh yeah yeah so the it, thing about with murdoch how long did it take him before they finally got him? I mean, he was old. I don't. I don't want it to go that long. I won't. Let, I won't allow it to go that long. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How old is he? Was he? How old was he? I'm trying to let me look that up. Was he? He was in his fifties, right? Um. I, I don't know how old Judge Denise Brown is. I don't know if you know her age. She looks 60. Okay, so Alec Murdaugh is 63 years old. Um, I guess I, I would say luckily he was never a judge. Can you imagine that? Um, He'd fit right in. Yeah. So... Your judges in your state, when do they retire or do they just let them stay on the bench till they're 70? That's a good question. I don't know. Because that's pretty scary because when my judge died, now let's have a moment of silence. <laughs> okay. So when that happened, they pulled a judge who was retired out of retirement to look at my case where I got no due process and he just got up off the bench and just walked out <laughs> with no due process. He, he didn't even run a, run a hearing like he was su or supposed to. It's a, it, it's another podcast in itself, but these judges should not be able to sit on the bench this long without psych evals at least every other year and drug testing. I think mandatory drug testing. You yeah. know, I think since there's there's circuits and districts, maybe there should be a circuit overseer that comes through every year and sits in on these and looks over reports and but there's not. There's mm -hmm. so there's no accountability to any of, of mm -hmm. these judges. Exactly. Um, I like your idea. I think there should be 
maybe a team of those individuals employed to do so. And well, I've always said I would like to see family court abolished because it serves no earthly purpose. Just take everything back down to the civil court where you can have your six-man jury if there's any issue. And if it's a criminal, well, they would handle that anyway. But they've got to get rid of family court because it's completely mishandling everybody's children, parents, loving fit parents. But I like your idea there, but I think they should employ a team to do this every three months and go through these cases. And and these individuals cannot party with these individuals that are on the bench yes. or I don't know if they have a club. I don't know if, if your courthouse is connected to a club that they all go to to drink afterwards. Maybe have them rotate every once in a while, you know, so they don't get start chumming it up and they become friends and mm -hmm. have it rotated, have a rotation. That that would be great too, but they've got to stop, you know, um, this meeting at the bar and deciding your case before you go in there. That's all. That's what I had heard about my case was that they were in the bar and things were overheard and it was about my case. And I, you know, God is watching. Yep. Have you talked to any other individuals that um, are going to put in more complaints or complaints and affidavits? Yes. Yes, we're starting to pick up some momentum here of um, several people that are going to start. Because that's, the, I think that's the, the gap that we're missing is like everybody, everybody in this court has a problem with Denise. But one's over here, one's over here, one's over here. And so they're all, they're all over and they're all up, upset. And I think we need to come together and say, okay, this is how we need to handle it. Let's organize it and we'll all send JCCs and we'll all tell the news media our stories. That's how I, I hope that would be how um, we could gain some traction on mm -hmm. this. Everyone submit their affidavits, go to a notary, your bank, if you belong to AAA, they'll notarize it for free. Uh, I know people are traumatized, but if you unite, we the people, we the people, have got to unite, whether you feel like it or not. And and it's hard. I've been through family court. I know it's hard. It's exhausting. It's grueling, and. Uh, you get out of there and you just lay on the couch. I slept for two days after that because it's just traumatic, emotionally exhausting, emotionally abusing. Mm -hmm. It's just such, it's an awful feeling. It's especially being in Denise's court. Definitely. And it brings on PTSD. And when you've been going in through family court for years, then that turns into complex PTSD. And, you know, this brings on health issues, 
of course, she doesn't care what health issue you're going to end up with, just as long as she gets her way in enrolling. But we, the people, have to get together, fill out these JCC complaints, you know, um, and fill out how she's been behaving and get those sent in and not notify media or come on to my podcast, Slam the Gavel, and I'll fit people in how I can. I'm willing to help because I know this is a horrific situation of human trafficking, extortion, and greed. Yep. Yep. And I don't want to keep you too long because I know you worked all day, but um, is there anything you'd like to add? No, not right now. Mm -hmm. How can you be reached if a parent says, oh, yeah, okay, I want to talk to someone about filing a complaint? And... Um, email me because that's I can give them all the information they need. My email is Ernest, E-R-N-E-S-T, dot enterprises at gmail.com. Mm -hmm. And I will put that in the podcast notes. So I thank you for coming forward and being brave enough to expose this because it needs to be because your child is suffering and evidence isn't being looked at. Yes. So don't jump off. Slam the Gavels, a podcast to help the public understand what really goes on in these family courtrooms. I'm your host, Marianne Petrie, author of Dismantling Family Court Corruption, Why Taking the Kids Was Not Enough, and Cry Out for Justice, Poems of Truth. Please join us again here with Ernest Rodriguez in the future and other exciting guests. Thank you, Ernest. Thank you. Thank you.